Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Uh, I am excited to be with you all. Once again, my name is Matt Porman. I'm the lead pastor here, and I just want to say Happy Easter! Happy Easter, happy Easter. A couple quick things from me. First of all, I don't know what y'all were drinking this morning, but man, it was, it was rowdy up in here. I just told the worship team, like, let's do that again. That was fun. Uh, on your way out today, you all are going to be able to pick up these. Uh, we actually made these really cool looking candy bars that says, he is risen, just as he said. Uh, so grab these on your way out. They'll have those out there. There's also a photo booth out there. Uh, if you want to take some family photos, things like that, you can tag Cornerstone in the midst of that. Uh, and even though they look really nice, Jack Schoenthaler, maybe you know, know Jack, he's the big bald guy. He was like, nobody's going to open that. It looks so beautiful. And I was like, man, if the, if the tomb is empty, I can dig into this, right? So there we go. So grab those. Uh, I'm going to throw that to Chris because that's going to distract me the rest of the service. All right. All right. So here we go. If you, uh, if you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter six. If you brought one with you, uh, Romans chapter six, that's where we're going to land today. That's in the new Testament. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Uh, you can actually go to sermons.church on a, uh, a web browser. That's where we actually put all of our message notes and search for Cornerstone Vineyard Church and all the points, uh, and scriptures, all that stuff will be there for you today. And uh, to get us started today, I actually brought a, this was actually not part of the stage design today for Easter. I want to actually bring up this plant. I want to talk about this plant for a minute. Um, now, some of you are, uh, are, maybe if you have a green thumb, like Kim Carpenter's in the room, she has a green thumb. She actually laughed at me yesterday when, she, when I uh, said that I kill every plant. She's like, I don't, it's not that hard, man. You just have to water it. Uh, but she laughed at me. Uh, but you, many of you know, I've said this before, that Lee and I, we are not green thumb people. I don't know if that you call that a black thumb, but literally everything that we uh, ever have plant-wise, we kill, those kind of things. And so uh, I don't know why somebody, somebody gave us this plant. I'm like, it's going to end up dying, you know, those kind of things, but we'll give it a shot. So uh, the reason I bring this up this morning is because uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, this plant usually sits out on a glass table in the atrium. And uh, every Tuesday morning, nine o'clock, I have a meeting with a couple of people. And so we were out by the television, we were doing a meeting and I didn't really pay much attention to the plant. I kind of moved it so I could see uh, across the, the aisle to somebody and whatever. Um, and so it was fine. It looked pretty good and all that kind of stuff. And then so I, I moved it aside and put it back. And then the next day though, Wednesday, I came into the office and, and no joke, like this plant, I'm, I know some of you are gonna shriek at this because I'm gonna do this, but literally no joke, this plant was like literally like this. And so I was like, okay, Leah, guess what? We did it again. All right, we killed another plant. Let's go throw it in the dumpster, those kind of things. And so my wife, because she's, you know, great, she said, well, let's, let's try to give it some water and let's see what happens and go from there. I was like, man, I think we're going to just throw it out this afternoon. That's what I'm thinking in the back of my head, all that. Um, so we give it some water. I go into the office. I, I take probably, I don't know, two hours. I'm in the office and I go, like, go to the bathroom or something or whatever. And, and I just step into my office and I happen to look to the right. And lo and behold, like every single one of these leaves is just like, just like this standing up perky, saluting me, saying, yes, sir, I'm uh, ready for attention, right? All that kind of stuff. And I was like, Leah, the plant has been revived. It's alive, you know, all that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, for us, it's a big deal because literally we kill everything, all that kind of stuff, all right? So it was crazy. Hey, by the way, did you know that like plants actually need water? to survive. It's like helpful or something, you know, that kind of thing. So, all right, let me put this back down here. Uh, so I tell you that whole story, uh, beyond telling you that like I'm really horrible at like plants and stuff, uh, is because where we're headed this, this morning, where we're heading this Easter Sunday morning, is that as we celebrate the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, we're going to talk about the fact that the resurrection, folks, has significance, and, and if I could say it this way, it, it's significantly significant. Just like the water for this plant was significant, and what, it's what took 
uh, it from a dying dead plant and ultimately giving it life, the resurrection can do that in our lives. And we're going to talk about that today. By the way, I, I know I, I mentioned this last service. You know that like Easter celebrated all around the world, but there are a whole lot of people who don't understand this part of Easter Sunday. And this is an important thing to talk about on Easter Sunday. So we're going to get into our text, Romans chapter 6. We're going to read 10 verses today. So follow along and be up on the screen. Romans 6, 4 says this. It says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we, may, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for if we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives in God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. A couple more verses. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. And so, our title today is Buried Alive, How God Turned, and maybe I should have actually written turns, how God turns graves into gardens. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about two benefits, two advantages that the resurrection gives us, or ultimately can give us if we are a follower of Jesus. And so we're going to talk today about those advantages, but ultimately how we can brave life, ultimately because of the resurrection, how we can brave life and the worst things that go on in our lives because of a risen Savior, which is important, I think, on Easter Sunday. So with all of that, I want to pause and pray, and then I'll give you a couple things to think about and write down. So if you would pray with me. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity to come and to, uh, to really celebrate celebrate you, Jesus, and on this Easter Sunday that the grave is empty, that you have risen from the dead, you are alive, you are not dead. And Father, we thank you to this day that, that we can, uh, we get the, we so much benefit. And so as we look at these benefits today, I pray that you would do something supernatural among us, that God, that you would change us. If I stand up here and talk, just, just me for the next few minutes, I'm not sure it's gonna be worth a whole lot, but if you show up and you do something among us, man, I think it'll be well worth it on this Easter Sunday. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, two points today as we talk about how to truly brave life as a direct result of a risen Savior. First one, you can write this in. Write this down. Ready, go. All right, brave life's graves because the resurrection, ready, go write this down, proves gardens are in God's wheelhouse. Gardens are in God's wheelhouse. Here's what I mean by that when I say that, right? Um, and some of you, you've been, you've been talking, walking with Jesus for a long time, so you might already know this, but some of you in the room, maybe you don't. Uh, do you, the reality is, is that, and this is all who God is. Do you know that God can make really beautiful things out of messy situations? God is the God who can make beautiful things, B-E-A, beautiful things out of messy situations. Now, for us to get the full context of where we're going this morning, we got to look back to Luke 24. I started that this morning at the top of our service. I only read a couple verses, but Luke 24, one through seven says this. It says, this is the resurrection story, right? On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. 
They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, then I read this earlier, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised Again, so if we look at the context of this Easter story, of this Resurrection Sunday, folks, the reality is, right, if, if we want to put a label on it, the label is God made a beautiful thing out of a messy situation. He made a very, very beautiful thing out of a messy situation. I mean, if you think about it, right, you think about, uh, so Jesus is dead, and so his disciples and, and these women who go to the tomb, right, the, the reality is, is that they probably feel pretty lost, Right? Their, their teacher, their rabbi, their friend is gone, and, and, and it's looking bleak. Right? He's now been dead since Friday, and they, they wake up on Saturday morning, and, and there's just a pit in their stomach. And they, they wake up on Sunday morning, and they still have that same pit in their stomach. They feel helpless. Which, by the way, I'm sure is an emotion that you have probably felt at one time in your life. Right? I, I, the, the agony of feeling helpless and things are negative and I can't do anything and I don't know what to do and all those kind of things. It's interesting, as, I, as um, Pastor Josh and I, we meet every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. And, and we do accountability together. And, and one of the things that um, we were discussing on this last Wednesday was this idea of, of the helplessness that the, the disciples must have felt on a Friday and Saturday and then Sunday. Um, and to the, to the point where as we were discussing it over breakfast, uh, Pastor Josh began to weep. Because he, just, he started to get in touch with the emotion that he has felt in his own life and yet realized, man, this is, like, this is what the disciples must have felt like. But then, right, the story's not done, right? But then the women, and longer, uh, longer term, right, the disciples, they, they go to the tomb and the tomb, the stone is rolled away and Jesus is not there and they're told once again, right, they said, why do you look for the living among the dead, verses five and six. He's not here, he is risen. Remember, he told you this, he foreshadowed this to you, right, verse seven, right, that he will be crucified and on the third day raised again. And so essentially what, what I picture as I was working on this week, folks, the reality is these, this angel saying to them, hey, essentially, all you're seeing, folks, all you're seeing, disciples, all you're seeing is, listen, you're only seeing the grave but the garden is coming look you're only seeing the grave but the go wake up the garden is coming we just sang that song graves into gardens this morning folks i think so if we take let's take this to us this morning 2021 easter sunday what does this mean for us folks did you realize what the disciples experienced that first easter morning the reality is that has been the, the story and the, and the, and the storyline every easter morning since the message is indeed the same for you and me. I'm gonna get a little riled up this morning. The, the message is indeed the same for us. We don't have to only look at the graves in our lives, folks. We, the garden is coming. The garden is coming. Look back at our Romans text, verses four and five. It says, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, and look at this, we too may live a new life. Come on, somebody. We too may live a new life because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will, I love this, we will certainly, by the way, that's not just maybe it will happen, we will certainly. 
we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So again, what that's saying to us folks on 2021 of Easter Sunday is that this is that we don't have to only look at our graves. We can look beyond the graves. And by the way, the resurrection, uh, without the resurrection, without Jesus raising from the dead, it just would have been a great guy, a great teacher who then passed away. But because of the resurrection, because of the resurrection, it is the proof once and for all that this is in God's wheelhouse to make gardens. He started with Jesus. So for you and me, that means that there's renewal, folks, in your life that's possible. There's restoration in your life that is possible. He can make B-E-A, beautiful things in your life. Yes, life is gonna be messy. There's gonna be challenges in life, right? The reality is every single one of us have experienced some hurt and pain in our lives, but the reality is God can be smack dab in the middle of those things. So I made a list for you. Folks, do you know that God is the God who can make a beautiful thing after your divorce? God is the God who can make a beautiful thing after you've lost your job. God can make a beautiful thing after you, uh, you're dealing with it when you're in the middle of a sickness. God can make a beautiful thing uh, when you've been feeling emotionally beat up or you get yelled up by your boss or you've made a mistake physically or over the internet. God is the God who can make a beautiful thing at every message. There's not a single thing that you have ever dealt with in life and that you will ever deal with in life. I'm sorry, I'm really starting to get really fast. There's not a single thing, not a single thing that you have ever dealt with or you will ever deal with that God cannot make a beautiful thing out of that thing. There's not one. There's not one thing that is higher than he is. He can do a beautiful thing in you. And so for Easter 2021, and I tell you what, this has been, and we all have experienced, right, a really challenging 12 months. It has been, and I don't know about you, but I am ready to grab the garden, are you not? I am ready for the garden to be around. Because, man, I tell you what, like I, I, I said a couple weeks ago, this has been one of the hardest seasons to, to lead and all those kinds of things and whatever, and it's been so hard. I mean, you know, many of you guys know, I didn't mention this last service, but we actually have been praying the last couple weeks for our friend Mike Wood, who actually passed away this week. Can I tell you, that's been hard. I have never lost someone who I've pastored before, and that has been a hard thing this week. Wait, can I tell you, oh man, I'm gonna, this is totally off my notes. Um, God, I can, God is doing things. God, like there, there are stories that are happening right now that if Mike wouldn't have come to this church and experienced Jesus, and there's people in his family that I'm not sure would be followers of Jesus right now and ultimately would not have the foundation to go with what they're going through. God is doing things. God is doing things. And here's the thing, like you go, you might be sitting there going, you're a skeptic, and you're like, yeah, 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 there's one verse, or whatever. Let's look at a couple other verses. First Peter 5, 10. It says, and the God of all grace, who called you into his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, right, because that's gonna happen to all of us, will himself, look at this, restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. James 4, 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and then he will think about it? No, he will lift you up. There's a promise there. He will lift you up. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So in, in all things, God works the good for those who love him. God is the garden producer in the depths of the graves. In the deepest graves you have ever experienced in your entire life, he is the great garden producer. He is the repairer, the renewer, the restorer. It's what he does. 
So I was trying to think about my own personal life, and some of you know this because you're close to Lee and I, but over the last six weeks, uh, I would actually say that this has probably been, I've been doing uh, church ministry for, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years, and uh, the last six weeks have actually been the hardest six weeks that I've experienced in ministry, uh, to the point where, uh, I'll just be really transparent with you, um, I was feeling really, really emotionally beat up the last six weeks, uh, to the point that last Sunday I woke up, this is the first time in like 12, 13 years that I've walk, I woke up and said, God, I don't want to go to church. And to the point where actually my wife, who was sitting in first service this morning, she said to me uh, last weekend, she's like, Can we, do you think that we should just hang it up? And, and I'll, I'll tell you that, not to have you have you know, pity for Lee and I and those kind of things, but the reality is I, w- I would say that in the last six weeks I've been pretty, pretty grave-focused. But can I tell you what God has done this week? God has brought a garden this week. God has brought a garden in my life. There have been people that who, have, who have communicated with me that I haven't heard from in so long and said, hey, I just want you to know that this happened because of this situation and what you did here and all those kind of things. And there was some of that stuff going on. And there was, there was just information that, that like uh, people would say, hey, I just wanna, I've been meaning to tell you this. There's just all these things. And then if you were here last Sunday, if you were here last Sunday, man, we saw a move of the Holy Spirit in this room that was incredible. The reality is, folks, God has brought a garden in my life. So I think it's something to think about when we're going through hard stuff. And when we're in the middle of it, by the way, it's like, oh, man, this is hard and whatever. And then ultimately, anything good, by the way, anything good that we've ever gone through, like that, that, we, that we reap, that we get to benefit from, is usually some set, sense of challenge in the midst of that, right? And so like in the middle of it, I was like, oh, gosh, this is heavy. But on the backside, I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I've seen your garden. I'm seeing your garden. And so I want you to write this statement in on your handout. Write this down. We'll bring it up there. Junk is going to come our way, but God's got a harvest to put in its place. You write that in. Junk, by the way, that junk is a biblical term, if you don't know that. Um, junk is going to come our way, but God's got a harvest to put in its place. Folks, that is true. I'm experiencing that this week, um, and, uh, and, and, and the harvest is, has been rich. It's been very rich. So with that, I'm going to do something I don't normally do at this point in time. I'm going to actually pause the message for a minute. I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I was working on the teaching uh, that I want to actually pray for some, some of you this morning. And so uh, if you would say that you've experienced, maybe it's been the last couple of days, maybe it's been the last couple of weeks, maybe it's been the last couple of months, or even the last couple of years, you would say you're living in a grave-focused place. You would, by the way, I would admit that that's where I was the last six weeks. Okay? If you are in that place, uh, what I want to do this morning is I want to pray for you that God would start to bring a garden. And so if that applies to you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. I want to take some time to pray for you. Is anybody in a grave season? A couple people in the back. Raise your hand. Just raise it up real high. Anybody else want to get on it? There's somebody in the booth. Anybody over here? Anybody? Okay. A couple people over here. Okay. So here's what we're going to do, church. Okay. We're going to pray. Okay. So if somebody has their hand raised, keep your hand real high so we can see. All right. I won't, uh, even though with COVID, we're going to do something we haven't been doing for a while. There was a scripture we looked at last week that says that we lay hands on people and things can happen and God can move things. So I want to lay hands on these people. So go around these people. If you're somebody's near you, make sure they have a hand on them. Okay. Someone get a hand on them. Move church. If you need to move. All right. We're going to, we're going to be the, 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 the praying church this morning. Okay. So we're going to pray for these folks. Okay. All right. So let's pray. So Father God, we want to thank you this morning that you are a God who can bring gardens in the grave seasons of our life. And we, those of you with your hands up, you don't have to keep your hand up the whole time. You can really, not if you want to. So God, we, we just pray for these people in the name of Jesus this morning, God, 
that you would give them, like in the next two hours, God, would you give them a glimpse of the garden? God, in the next two hours that you would show them a slice of heaven that would come. And God, I even pray beyond that. I pray, God, that you would give them buckets of heaven that would come right now. You would give them a glimpse of those things. And God, you would take their grave season that they are in, and Lord, you would flip it upside down, and you would bring, uh, I, just, I just picture this, this flourishing like uh, lily field, God, that they're walking in and they're frolicking, which is a weird word, I know. But they're frolicking, Lord. They're frolicking in it because you are changing that grave into a garden season now. God, you're flipping it upside down. We pray for all kingdom heaven to come on earth right now. God, would you, would you encourage them? Would, as the scripture says there, that you will lift them up. We pray that you would lift them up today. And we pray, God, that they would see uh, not only that in the next two hours, but the next week, in the next two months, in the next two years, God. God, there are a couple things I know specifically. Uh, I want to pray, God, in the name of Jesus, there is something right now. Doug, I'm going to pray for you. God, I want to pray right now in Jesus' name that there are some things I know Doug's going through that ultimately, Father, he needs you to end today. We pray them and pray that you would end it today, Lord Jesus, in the name of Christ. Because he has been in a grave season, God, and I know he's been, he's been going through it for six years. You are the God who can lift him up. We pray that you would do that. God, I pray for anybody else that's going through a longevity of a grave season, God, that you would break it in Jesus' name today. Because of the resurrection, we can pray these prayers, Lord Jesus, and we pray them right now this morning. And we're expectant for you, Holy Spirit, not because of, of me this morning, because of the power of the Holy Spirit among us, God. We want to pray that you would actually do these things and we would be able to give you testimony of the things that you're going to do. Give you all the credit. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for letting me pray for you. You guys can head back to your seats. If you raised your hand, uh, would you do me a favor? I'm going to, uh, I mentioned this last service. As soon as the service is over, my wife and I are getting in a car. We're driving on a vacation to Gulf Shores, Alabama. But I want to actually uh, take some time off and those kind of things. But, but I want to take, uh, I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of work. Uh, I'm not going to be doing any work this week. <laughs> I said a whole lot of work. My wife's about ready to kill me about that. All right. I'm not going to do any work, but I do want, I'm going to be, I hope tomorrow I'll be able to grab a cup of coffee, go sit on the beach and spend some time with God and pray. I want to pray for you this week. So email me and say, hey, I, I prayed the prayer of, uh, of graves to garden season, okay? So I want to pray for you this week. Um, okay, so that's point number one. Brave life's graves because the resurrection proves gardens are in God's wheelhouse. Second thing, you can write this in. Brave life's graves because the resurrection solidified Jesus as a finisher. You can write that down, finisher. Solidify Jesus as a finisher. Now, to be really honest with you, again, I'm being really open and transparent with you this morning. This really is the picture I wanted to use. Right there. <laughs> this is the first thing that came to my mind, like the Terminator, right? Like the reality, right? Because the resurrection happened, folks, it actually created, it, it proved that Jesus is the Terminator. He is the finisher. If we look back at the Romans text, our main text for today, Romans chapter six, verse six, says, for it, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be, and then I underline this, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And I looked up that word, uh, that phrase, done away with, and, it's, and this word in the original language, and I'm not even going to try to say it for you, but, but it says to cause, to cease, to put an end to, do away with, abolish, and then under, to be severed from. And I really like that, to be severed from. That, that's a, that feels like a, an aggressiveness to that. And so because the death of Jesus happened, folks, and that it didn't end at the cross, but yet the resurrection happened, essentially what that means is that we have an option, you and I, to be severed from our life of sin. That's good stuff ripped away from us, no longer, and throw it away. Jesus 
is the finisher. Now, I'm going to get you in my head this morning, which could be a little scary. I know some of you are going to go, Matt, what are you doing? All right. How many of you remember the old 1990s uh, Super Nintendo game, Mortal Kombat? Anybody remember that? All right. Now, I almost did not. Don't bring up that second picture. I'll tell you to bring up the second picture. But I remember, uh, I was thinking this week, uh, I was thinking, now I'm not trying to promote this game because it's a little graphic and gory and all that kind of stuff. All right, so don't go like Matt's promoting like violence on video games. All that kind of stuff. Okay. But if you remember the game, right, I'm looking at my brothers here this morning, right? We remember playing this, right, with, with uh, <laughs> it's so fun looking back at this. Johnny Cage, Kano, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero, right? Like that, that kind of thing, right? Um, now, if you remember in this game, right, what happened at the end of the match? Right, right here. Bring that up. It was like, finish him, right? Now, at that point, right, there were some really graphic things. Sometimes they would like, prop, like literally pull somebody's head off. Don't go do the game, all that kind of stuff, all right? All right, but here's, but here's what I was thinking this week as I was thinking about all this and Jesus being a finisher and all that kind of stuff. The, the reality is, folks, on, on Good Friday, on Good Friday, the disciples probably felt like the, the person that was just about ready to lose in Mortal Kombat. They felt like they finished him. They finished him. Their leader was dead. But Sunday brought a whole new perspective, didn't it? See, the battle wasn't actually over, just that part of the fight. Because the tomb was empty, it put the finishing move back in the hands of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, Jesus. Now, again, getting you in my head this morning, so I know it's a little scary, all right? But this week as I was working on the teaching and I got to this point, I was thinking about this Mortal Kombat thing and finish him thing. Some of you, if you've been around church culture or uh, been a Christian for a long time, you might know this, but there, back in the 1980s, I know I'm kind of dating myself, uh, there, uh, there was an artist named Carmen Anybody remember Carmen? Yeah, some of you guys. Uh, thanks for those of you raising your hands. Solidarity, we're old. Okay, all right. Um, so back in 1984, Carmen actually just passed away, I think, from cancer. But in 1984, Carmen had a song called The Champion. And I, this week, I could not get my mind off of the song The Champion. And so uh, I really wanted to show you the whole video, but it's literally like eight minutes long, so I'm not going to take that much time today. But I, I'm going to show you a clip of the song, and it's, uh, there was a church that did a skit to it, and so it's really the skit of the church, but it actually uses the, the, the song at the very end. Uh, and so and then I'll make a point about this. So take a look at this, The Champion uh, from Carmen. The blow of death fell Jesus to the ground. The devils roared in victory. The saints shocked and perplexed as wounds appeared upon his hands and feet. Then Satan kicked him in his side and blood and water flowed. And they waited for the 10 count of defeat. God the Father turned his head, his tears announcing Christ was dead. The ten count would proclaim the battle's end. Then Satan trembled through his sweat in unexpected horror. Yet, as God started the count by saying, Ten. Hey, wait a minute, God. Nine. You're counting wrong. Eight. His eyes are Six, 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 six
Folks, here's the reality. Jesus is the champion. He is, the, I, I mean, I've seen that video now like this week, like six times and every time just standing right here, I'm like, dude, just getting chills. Just getting chills because Jesus is the champion. It put the finishing move in Jesus' hands. Folks, that, it solidified it once and for all. That is the Easter message. It is what we are celebrating today. So I want you to write this statement in your handout. Write this in. In Jesus, things can change. Things can happen now, not just tomorrow. Because he is the champion, he, he can bring the, the, the gardens out of our grave seasons, folks, but he can actually do something today. He's the champion today, the terminator, the finisher. And, and ultimately, and you may not know this, he is the finisher of self-doubt. Do you know that he's the finisher of self-doubt? He's the finisher of anxiety. He's the finisher of depression, of hurts, of habits, of hangups, of anger, of pain, of pride. He is the champion. Again, there's not a single thing in this room that you ever will or have dealt with that he, is not, he cannot be the champion of. He will champion. And by the way, he wins every single time. Now, there may be a season where we have to walk through some things, right? It says in that scripture, it says, when you have suffered a little while, then he will lift you up. After you suffer a little bit, he's still gonna be there with you. At the, in the cross, John 19, 30, and Jesus said this, it says, it is finished, which was fully realized as the resurrection happened. Folks, here's the truth of it all. For us to experience that where it is finished. Our verse, our, our, our text in Romans says in this in verse 13, it says, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And then here it is, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. If we want to reap the benefits of the finisher, folks, we have to give our lives to him. And not just a little bit, not just coming to church. By the way, church doesn't save you. Like church is great and wonderful and all that. I'm glad that we come together and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, we need a relationship with the finisher. It says in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's, it's what it's going to take. It's who we need to be running towards. We need to be running to the Savior of the world. Especially when we deal with the graves and the negative stuff in our lives. And let him say this to your life and in your life. That is finished. That is finished. That is finished. If you're here today and, and you're, you're a guest, we are glad you are here. But folks, here's, here's what I want to tell you. If I'm your pastor, if you're here in this room and I'm your pastor, I want you. I want you to experience Jesus saying in your life, Carl, that is finished. Jody, that is finished. John, that is finished. Katie, that is finished. Michael, that is finished. And I want him to, I want you to experience that over and over and over where God will say, that is finished because of the cross and the resurrection. It is finished. It is done. The only way we can experience that, folks, and that's this for everybody in the room, the only way we can experience it is if we say yes, Lord, to him and open up our lives to him, give him the, what I call the driver's seat of your life, you're, you're just taking shotgun. You're long for the ride. And submitting to him every single day, every moment. I think that is something that's worth considering, whether you've been following Jesus for uh, you know, your whole life or you, you're in this room and you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. It is worth considering the fact that if you want some things to go the way you want them to go, you have to submit your life to the finisher, to the finisher, to the champion.
So that's point number two on this Easter Sunday. Brave life's grace because the resurrection solidified Jesus as a finisher. So with that, why don't you stand? I'm going to move into a time of prayer this morning. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.